0: Hello, and welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm George Stahl, and joined today by the usual voices and hearts and, uh, that are leading uh, Restore Small Groups by the name of Scott Rill and Anna Bryant. And today we want to talk to you about moving from despair to hope. Um, many people today are living in a state of fear, shame and perpetual despair, and we want to kind of define that despair for you today. But they're stuck in a state of uh, provisional existence, so we want to teach you a little bit about that word today. But the question we want to focus on today is this, what do we do when we bump up against the inevitable difficulties of life? Do we despair or do we grow from it and cultivate hope? For some of us, that may not even feel possible. But uh, that's what we want to talk about today, and we do believe it's possible. So why don't we start with uh, defining despair? Maybe we'll start with Anna, if you just, what does despair, when you think about it, how is that defined for you?
1: I think despair is definitely the um, mental narrative that things cannot get better, that this is what is, and change is not possible. That is my personal definition of despair
0: it's oh. feeling it's feeling stuck
1: yeah feeling stuck
0: and there's no way out mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah a lack of hope
0: yeah so if you think despair is only someone who is at this place of contemplating taking their life scott you said something about despair and us talking about from the beginning here that despair is has something to do with life and um how did how did you say that
2: you don't have to commit suicide to give up on life mm. Yeah, it's uh, despair is that feeling, that what's well, more than a feeling, it comes across as a feeling, but it's a belief that um, this is it, and there are no options, there's, there's no hope, there's no way that I'm moving from where I am to where I want to be, it's too late, it's over, I'm too tired, I'm too flawed, I'm just not enough. And, you know, recently I went through um, an experience that made me aware of when I was writing the notes for this that um, what I was struggling with was despair. And when I thought about it, I think that was the heart of the human condition that I'm seeing in almost everyone that I've worked with around the world for so long, and especially now. And I was experiencing it myself. Um, and that it's, uh, I don't know, it's almost to me, I don't know if this makes sense, it's almost like a form of rejection from life. Even though we may experience it through other human beings it's the message is because of your weaknesses or your flaws or your inabilities, we reject you so
0: that's so in a sense that's a relenting from life, so yes, it could be as simple as just going through the motions every day and not really open to living fully or you know, fully actualizing the gifts and the talents and the goodness and the beauty that you were made in all the way. So you could live that way. And that's no way way of living. It's not living. Yeah. Yeah. And and despair can go all the way to having contemplations of, I don't even want to live another day and contemplating taking your life. So despair is a broad thing.
2: Yeah. You don't have to commit suicide to give up on life. It's, uh, you know, my heart's beating, but I'm really not alive. I'm just existing, and when a person feels it, um, it's it's a despair. It's a hopelessness, and when I am hopeless, um, I'm aimless, which means there's no meaning or purpose. And uh, and I think what's at the heart of meaning, and this is an important word, it's 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 hope and love. You know, when I feel a meaning, even if I'm in suffering if there's a hope and love that is behind it. That's why when I was thinking about this, I was like, a lot of this is that feeling of provisional existence that Franco experienced that he wrote about in Man's Search for Meaning, that when the Jewish prisoners saw no future, no ending to their suffering, but even worse, he said there was no meaning for the suffering. Things were never gonna change, never gonna get better. They just lost the desire to live anymore.
0: And, and you wrote about that in your book on the promise of hope. Right. And what is really insidious about that whole thing is, is that they were intentional about causing people to experience. It. I think in the book you wrote that uh, they would have them move garbage one day from one Whoa. place. And then the next day they'd have them move it back without no real meaning or purpose behind it. And it was literally to drive them to the place of despair. And it did. Yeah. And it, it, you went on to say in there that uh, uh, one of the guards had said that they didn't even need the gas chamber because this was producing despair in them to the point that they were killing themselves. They gave up their so life. That's provisional existence.
2: It's provisional existence, and 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 I felt it myself over the last couple of weeks. And it's a feeling that, like I was sharing earlier, that. Um, in which I also believe toxic shame is a part of it but it was a, it was a belief i had that i'd missed it it's too late it's over and the reason i missed it is because of my inherent weaknesses and flaws and and, and abilities and so so it becomes a a very dark voice because if if that's it if, and my ego is telling me this, if it's all up to me and I just tried to do my best and it wasn't enough, I'm still getting rejected by life or people. Where do I go? Where, where did I go? Where's the hope in that? And I mean, I had a, some dark nights of the soul and then I came across this verse in Romans twelve twelve, And just like that, a ray of hope found its way into that for me. And I thought about, um, What we've been trying to work with with people in 12 Romans 12 12, in the amplified version says that we are constantly rejoicing in hope. And so let's just take that first part, first part, constantly rejoicing in hope. Um, Wow, what a that means that whatever my circumstances are, I'm rejoicing. Rejoicing is a significant word uh, in hope. And I thought, well. I'm definitely not rejoicing in hope. As a matter of fact, I'm lamenting.
0: So you're and you're talking about hope, not just as something that falls into our thinking or our heart one day. You're talking about hope as a way of practicing it. It's so tangible. It's choosing it. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's real. It's it's alive and it can permeate any existence and situation. And then it says that because of our confidence in Christ. So constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. And I thought, wow, right there in one verse was the antidote to my despair. And so this is what I I saw. So if my paradigm, and a paradigm is what we believe, if my paradigm in despair is that it's hopeless, it's I'm alone it's it's I'm left to my own, there's nowhere to go and and then also, there's no meaning or purpose in my suffering it's just it's and shame is screaming at me in it because this is because of your weaknesses, this is because of your flaws, and there's nowhere to turn. but then, if I have a paradigm that's Christ, that Christ is the paradigm of my life, which means that this is true, that he's in this with me, there's going to be good growth from this, that there's a love that goes beyond anything that I can even experience, and that is pulling me upward, pulling me forward, um, as where provisional existence and the shame just pushes you down. And takes a life out. This one pulls you to life, um, and then that's my one of my favorite sayings of all all time, uh, and I I went back. I you know how I am. I have like ten whiteboards in my house, yeah. and they're just they're all uh,
0: you know me and the dogs with and a bunch of books and papers on the table with red ink and highlighted. <laughs> and <laughs> that's my house. Yeah, my it's my, amazing my, you make sense of all uh, that, but you do uh, so beautifully. It's it's this <laughs>
2: brain. It's it's you wouldn't want to be inside there for. <laughs> but I. And I was walking through it, and on one of my whiteboards, I had that hope is growing on the very ground that you are standing. And that is one of the most hopeful statements. And so if Christ—so then, George, let's talk about the verses. Um, Rejoice in afflictions. It develops endurance. Endurance develops proven character. And where does proven character take us to? Hope. Hope. So there it is. lean not, trust Him over with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. That's such a hopeful verse for me because my, you know, my logic is telling me through the ego, which is the small self, it's too late.
0: When, Scott and Anna, you, you, I'd love to hear your part on this too, but when we talk about trusting Christ, and I would like to know how you guys experience this, but I guess what draws me into this place of trust is not just trusting this blind faith, but it's actually beginning to see that there is a presence in our life that is finding the good and and the meaning. It's almost like to look to Christ has a way of looking back into us that reminds us of just the goodness. And um, even when we're going through some of the most difficult things, that there's there's a light that is shining at different places of our hearts and our lives, it's inviting us that we can live, we can survive this, we can have hope, you know, as we go through this, that, that this isn't going to, we're not going to be stuck here the rest of our lives. So I would just be interested, when you say trusting in Christ and looking to Christ, and that's where we find our hope, how does it actually play out for you? Well, first of all, that
2: is the key word, trust. Um, it's easy to trust when circumstances are in my favor. They're going favorably. Things are working out the way that I, that I want them to, that I need them to. But it's when they go south um, and they don't and we are rejected because remember, the greatest fear of all human beings is the fear of being rejected. Because rejection is the rejection of our core desire, which we all long for, is it, that it, that if you know me, if you truly know me, that you love me. You know, that's that's the desire that is at the center of our being, which May talks about in of Grace. It all stems from that. And so when I doubt that... That is going to occur because of some form of rejection, for however that comes in our lives, that leads to despair. So, so you're
0: saying that Christ in some way helps you not reject yourself. Christ in some meaningful way to you helps you accept yourself and, and the, the goodness that you're, you're made in. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
2: and it's the belief that in the midst of this dark place I find myself where rejection, and remember, rejection, when it comes from others, ultimately, where it hurts so much is we then reject ourselves. You know, and and so here's Christ saying, no matter what happened, I'm never going to abandon you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm for you. I believe in you, and nothing will ever separate you. That great verse that's in the New Testament, nothing can ever, ever separate you from my love, and the belief of that. And then you start to look at those verses you know, in difficult times, if I can stand in them and, and stay connected and hold on to it with a trust of that voice, um, that is where the transformation starts to begin. And I, I put here be, the verse, be still, and know I got it. It's right there on my whiteboard in my living room. And I was like, but I'm not still when my mind is running through the ego to all of its shameful messages um, and that leads me to despair.
0: That's interesting. Like ego isn't something that just leads us to, to being more prideful or more you know self-centered and just focus on ourselves. But ego can lead us to the place of only hearing the voice of shame. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Yes. And because it, it, and the word that I would use when we when I say ego, then you can just substitute logic. It's like it's I'm not I'm not living through. I'm not thinking through. A spiritual mind, which is why, again, a paradigm is what I believe. And then what I believe then determines what I see. And everything I see is is then colored by whatever that lens is that I'm looking through life at. And so if, this is what I was telling Anna when preparing for this, at the core, if I believe that Jesus is in this with me, And that his love is ultimately going to triumph over whatever it is I'm experiencing, hearing, seeing in this world. That gives me the strength, the foundation to stand and actually grow. So when you say hope is growing on the very ground you're standing, that's what it is saying. Right here, right now, in the midst of this place I'm at, which I, trust me, I don't want to be. But I find myself. and, And then... Um, The question which we talk about in grief, why, why, you know, it's really a statement because, and that's really being driven by the ego. But when I can come to say, I accept where I am, I know you are with me, good is going to grow from this, and I'm going to become a better man, and I'm going to be better for it. And you know what better for it will be? I will love
0: better. Mm. Uh, Now, this is what you guys help people Learn and experience in group all the time, and and I want to I want to hear your voice and, and your heart on this. You know, you can witness to people in a group or even in a conversation or in friendships, um when someone's listening to a voice that's rejecting themselves or when someone's listening to a voice or they're putting in trust, their trust in a voice that's kind of drawing them to trust and believe in that there's better that can come out of them than what they're experiencing right now. Um, what's that look like in group when you see people, because you probably see people experience both those things. As they begin to share, they're sharing from a place of like just self-rejection. And then perhaps perhaps by the help of some other people that help them see their goodness, they begin to change and, and begin to talk about themselves in a different way. So how does that play out in a group?
1: Well, I think group is, is key. Um, I know we've mentioned this several times before, but we're, we're not designed to live in isolation. Um, we really do need one another, and we need those voices that can like, see us and speak truth to us and mirror to us uh, what mm-hmm. is true and what is possible to paint a picture of hope when we can't see it ourselves, um, to meet us where we're at in that dark place and just kind of shine a light forward. And so, yeah, we can't do it on our own. We're not yeah. designed to, because when we are in isolation, we are living out of that ego and relying solely on ourselves and our own resources, and either we have what it takes or we don't have what it takes, um, which is, is not really how God created us to live our lives. One, we're powerless. Like, we need to depend on Him, and we need to trust that He's in control. But we also need that um, that community to um, just paint a picture of uh, what's possible and, and really who we are when we can't see it ourselves.
0: So there truly is this uh, mystery, unexplainable, supernatural thing that happens in the human heart of trusting Christ. But... Then human beings in, in the scripture talks about that that uh, we are the body of Christ, that in a lot of ways we represent to others um, how Christ might see them or Christ's love or Christ's grace. And so I love that there's a supernatural, mysterious thing going on, but you could also be sitting right in front of someone that is actually speaking to you with that mystery has been saying. And yeah. it helps you trust in and believe it more deeply, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Does.
0: Scott, um, one of the things that uh you say in here that the uh the way out is through. That um we could posture ourselves in such a place that despair uh sucks the the fight out of us, like so we're not even maybe perhaps facing or, or willing to have the strength to go through what it is that we need to go through. But uh, you, you, you had some, some thoughts about the only way to go through something is, I mean, the only way out of it, despair, is to actually go through it. So what does that mean?
2: It means you're still. You know, and, I, and I think it's instinctive for us to want to escape. And we Anne and I were talking about this. Versus being still in it and growing our way. That's my new, that's my new thing on the whiteboard. God and I are growing my way to a new place. A new day. And um, here's what I know. I don't want to be the same. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about where I just failed. I can't do anything about what just happened to me. It's, it's the past. That's where I was. Even though I was trying maybe to be the best I could, it's still maybe it wasn't enough. That's okay. But I know this, that if I'll be still that, and I don't know why, that's when we say hope is growing on the very ground we are standing, that there's something in this. And I know there's a lot of confusion around that verse, that God works all things for good for those who love him. But I don't believe God causes things, but I, I believe that he works in all of those things. Um, and that I, that's and if I will be still and stay in this space, I, I It's interesting. So I'm always talking about creating sacred space. Sometimes the most difficult suffering is the most sacred space that I have. And, to, and, I, and I realized this why just this week, um, because of what has happened to me in my life, that um, it has forced me to two directions. I've been pulled in two directions. One is self-pity, self-rejection, shame. Blame, resentment, all the stuff at the smaller self, and it pulls me down into despair. But then there's this other, and that is I move towards Christ, and I'm, I'm and and he's the, and I don't know and I, I I grow closer and closer, and then all of a sudden I start listening in ways that I haven't been listening, and seeing in ways that I haven't been seeing, and there's a hope. Even though it's dim at times, it gets brighter with each day that I pour into it. Um and I know that I know I would not have made that movement without this suffering. And so so the, I think this goes back to what Franco said in the in the concentration camp that we forget that often it is that there is an opportunity to grow spiritually beyond ourselves in suffering. And then I'm so I'm like I have two choices, I could retreat, fall backwards, and, and shrink, and, and, and shrink into despair, and live there, and in some ways give up my life, or I can take Christ's hand, believing that there's a hope that transcends what I can see in my human eyes, um, I'm having to see this with my heart, and that's why, again, it's a paradigm, it's a belief. And there's an opportunity here for her growth beyond myself that I never would have had otherwise. And, you know, when I know that that's true, George and Anna, when I believe that with everything in me, I feel hopeful, even though my heart is broken. And that's why one of my favorite sayings is from Greenspan's. It's a very famous Jewish saying called Mitzvah, that, that even in hell, the divine can shine and exist.
0: Wow. Um, you're talking about open-ended hope. Right. Let's define that because what I'm hearing you say in a lot of that is that hope is first and foremost, it's bracing, it's embracing life as it is. It's not running from it. It's not uh, numbing ourselves from the struggle of that, that we don't find hope in any of those kinds of things that that tend to remove us from you know, accepting where we're at, not accepting that we're stuck there forever, but it is an embrace of reality. And you're saying that that's where trust, trust begins, I think I'm hearing you say.
2: Right. You know, you know, we always use sports analogies, but what if I believe, what if I come to believe that in this suffering is the greatest benefit for my personal growth into the man that Christ wants me to be? So if I run from this, if I try to escape this, I miss it. And that is what gives me hope. That is the paradigm shift, I think, that we have to start looking at. Yes, life is tough. It's going to present rejection. It's going to present our hearts being broken. Um, Many of the things that we love will be taken from us. And and just life in general can be so, so hard. And so where do we find a hope that will sustain us in that? Um, we've got, it, it, to me, it comes from the personal growth that the suffering offers. Um, I'd like to read a, a prayer. Um, it's a, I don't know where I found this prayer, but it was, this is like 25 years ago I found this prayer. Right when I started doing 12-step groups at the Y. And we would always conclude when we we're finished with this prayer. Um, and it's unknown where it came from, but it's the most incredible prayer I've ever heard, uh, and I've been reading it like four times a day here recently to just encourage me, Um, so I'd like to read that for our listeners. Um, Dear Jesus of Nazareth, who is king not only of the Jews, but of every thought and impulse of my life, rule over those thoughts, Lord Jesus, and over those impulses. They are so prone to rebel, so quick to run riot, so weak to resist temptation. Strengthen me. When I am tempted, especially with the temptations that come during suffering, they're so seductive and I am so susceptible to their allure. Help me to discern the strategies of the enemy who so often voices his appeals through the mouths of others. They are so subtle and sometimes I am so unsuspecting. Deliver me from the temptation to protect myself from pain. And from the temptation to point my finger at the one inflicting it. From the selfishness of wanting to save myself and from the bitterness of wanting to blame others. Help me to learn from the example of your suffering that forgiveness is the power to resist bitterness and surrender the power to resist selfishness. Help me to surrender to the daily crosses in my life. Give me the strength to shoulder the beam, to submit to the nails, to be silent before the abuse. Help me to bear antagonism without anger, insult without indignation, ridicule without retaliation. Help me to understand the nature and purpose of pain. If it is a chisel that crafts our character, chipping away until you are formed in us, then if I avoid pain, I also avoid the person the Father would have me to be. Help me to someday become that person. Lord, give me the strength to hold on to that which may, that now may seem most painful, but in the end will turn out to be that which best serves my soul. And remind me, Lord, when I can't hold on any longer, that the terrifying being that wrestled with Jacob in the dark turned out to be in the dawn, an angel, an angel who had the power to bestow upon him the greatest blessing.
0: That's a hard prayer. <laughs> a beautiful one but a hard one because while i think we all want the resurrection of christ um it's a much harder choice to choose to embrace our suffering in such a way that even it could be redeemed and come out in some beautiful way what a beautiful prayer but what what a it's hopeful yes
2: it's it's hopeful for those of us out there who are listening or anyone in the world who is who is suffering um, that there is a hope in that suffering to serve a great um, meaning in your life, and that, uh, um, but it comes down to believing that Jesus is in it with me.
0: Yeah, and if Jesus is the pattern and the paradigm, then the resurrection yes comes through suffering. Yes, yeah, that's 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 a hard one for us to to give ourselves to, but the, the path of transformation is, is that, that's the way to go. Um, Scott in the book in that chapter, uh, I think it's day 23, the promise of hope, uh, you quoted Emily Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, her quote is in there. It says hope requires strength, but it also gives you strength. Yes. So that very helpful. Hope, hope energizes hope moves you forward. Um, when you dare to hope, you can do so much more than you ever thought so anna you uh in preparing for this you um uh, you had some practical ways that we could cultivate hope and some practical steps that we could take maybe it would be good for us to to end on that how do we how do we practice this um because hope isn't something that just is just this emotion this fleeting emotion that comes in and out of our life or uh it 's something that we can Begin to choose and begin to practice. So, once you share some of those, and maybe, maybe Scott, we could talk about these uh, together.
1: Yeah, hope can definitely be cultivated, but it's it's a practice. It doesn't just doesn't just happen. Um, so, I think one of the most important things we can do firsthand is to focus on what we can change. Um, and like you said, hope is open ended. So, I think it's really important to make that um, that definition. That, you know, hope doesn't mean you're looking for a certain particular outcome, but hope just says that I trust that it's going to be good. Mm. Um, And so focus on what you can change. Now, you might be in a situation where very little can change about the circumstance that you're in, but the one thing that you always have complete agency over is your attitude and Mm, the way that you respond to the circumstances that you find yourself in.
0: So it's choosing to focus on that you're going to begin to to search for what can change.
1: Yes, yes, or what you can change or how you can perhaps change your paradigm and how you're thinking about the circumstances that you find yourself in.
0: Yeah. Scott, how does that play out in your life, focusing on what you can change?
2: It's the same as what we advocate in Journey to Freedom, focus on a solution. Mm. And... um, I was reading here, Greenspan says, um, in a sense, broken heart, grief, is a birth process from ego to spirit. The broken ego struggles to maintain itself in the face of expanded awareness of its own smallness and limitation. When a heart breaks open, the ego starts its journey out of isolation, ironically, just when it is most humbled. And so um, the suffering of life the whatever the form, how it comes to you, uh, the grief that comes with it. If we can trust the goodness of God through Jesus Christ in the center of that, uh, it's an opportunity for a spiritual growth, um, and that is where ultimately our hope lies, and um, and that transforms my how I'm seeing my current life and it changes my projection onto the future because when i see the past the present and the future all in the same dark light which shame does my it restricts my my spirit i withdraw from life and again however we do that we do that um but hope expands life it pulls me forward keeps me moving, keeps me alive, gives me, like you were reading earlier, it gives me an energy and a power. And I know where that hope comes from. It comes from a power far greater than myself, Jesus Christ.
0: A small way to focus on what you can change would even be to open your heart to the fact or your 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 mind to the fact that maybe this is possible. Maybe hope is possible. Um, uh, another thing that I'm hearing you say in that would be uh, – Humility. Instead of asking why me, you know, it would be to accept this is what I have to deal with. This is, and you know, so uh, the focusing on what you can change can start very small with just whatever you can open your heart to at that moment. Anna, there were some other practical. Yeah, steps I mean?
1: think mindfulness is also another great way to cultivate hope. Um, just really um, acknowledging where you're at and how you feel and just being present with those thoughts and those feelings instead of trying to escape or distract from whatever current distress you might be in, Um, but just being aware of it and being aware of when we're trying to run from that, whether we run from that by seeking out unhealthy relationships or if we try to run from it by self-medicating with food or alcohol or drugs or sex, um, or if we're trying to just be distracted from it by like spending too much time on our phone or binging too much Netflix. Um, but really mindfulness is being present to and aware of where we are and being maybe not okay with that, but being okay enough to be still in it and cultivate that hope. Um, Another thing is development of our spiritual life. Um, We definitely um, think that, know that we can't do this on our own. We definitely have to rely on a a higher power. And um, while we here as a staff have been rooted in a Christian tradition, we definitely see value in all faith and um, just developing that, that spiritual life, whatever it is that pulls your spirit forward. Um, delve into that dig into that um, because we are spiritual beings not just physical beings um, another great way for cultivating hope is just engaging with something that you love find something that brings your heart joy and do that thing um, cultivate your creativity um, find things that pull you forward instead of pulling you back could, and,
0: could doing something you love be part of what develops the spiritual life
1: I definitely think <laughs> so. Yeah. So a lot
0: of these are interconnected.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, being with people that make you feel good. Um, obviously, I think that would be a great plug for small groups because that is the the whole uh, impetus between what we do, is, behind what we do, is to... Um, engage with people in a positive way, to build healthy relationships, to build and cultivate hope and healing. Um, And so if you feel like there is perhaps um, a lacking of healthy relationships in your life, signing up for a small group would be a great place to start cultivating some hope in your life. Um, Last two things would be find a way to be of service. I think giving back and recognizing even in our sufferings, that there are others that suffer as well and that there are ways that we can meet needs out in the world definitely widens our gaze and helps us to remember that we are not the sole person in this universe that is suffering. Like, it's a broken world. Everybody is hurting, and we can do something to ease that hurt, even if it is just giving the guy on the corner of the street a $5 bill so he can have lunch, or whether that's holding the door open for the person that's coming into the store at the same time you are. Find a way to be of service put more good out into the world. That's going to cultivate hope in your life. Um, and finding ways to be grateful, um, to reflect on the things that are good in your life, no matter how minute. I know that there are people that are going through monumental struggle right now on every front. Um, and so it's it's hard. But the fact that you woke up this morning and you drew, drew breath in your lungs, like that can be a small gratitude. Um good things and good experiences that you have had in your life, reflecting on those things. Um, An attitude of gratitude goes a very long way in helping us cultivate hope and recognizing that there is goodness out in the world in spite of all the suffering that we see and experience.
0: So you just gave us, the first one was focusing on what you can change, and you just gave us a whole list of things that we could (laughs) work on that uh, could be part of how we change and the change that we could focus on and bring into our lives. Uh, Thank you for that. That's very, very helpful. Well, Scott, while Anna was reading through uh, those practical steps, you've practically written a book over there. (laughs) I wish you could see Scott is constantly writing, highlighting, looking at books, and he is just a wealth of wisdom and and resource. But, uh, Scott, what what have we not covered that's important that you'd want our listeners to hear?
2: Well, um, Anna used one of the key words, and that is creativity. Um, a phrase that I've just found this year uh, from Nan Merrill's uh, book on the Psalms, praying the Psalms, um, she uses it that God and I are co-creating, mm, yeah. and we go back to what Brene Brown said about creativity, why it was the center of hope, because creativity gives a person a sense of empowerment. I'm I am doing something, about, I, I'm doing something that's going to move me forward. That's the difference between the helpless and hopeless feeling that comes from despair. There's nothing I can do. When we go back to our beginning of our dis- discussion of being stuck, um, or when I think of being stuck, I find myself back in the same place that I've been trying so hard to get out of, and here I am again. I'm experiencing the same thing. It, and then the, that shameful message is, well, it must be you, Scott. It must be something about you, and especially where we've we have failed, and it was not met with grace, but we were turned away, and so that really solidifies the message to me: it's me, it's me. If I was this, if I was better, if I was stronger, it's this, this, and so it's just it's such a destructive downward spiral. But, but, but believing, okay, God, you and I are going to co-create a new me, a better me, and and um, and that gives me hope. Um, and then I, I put here that these those great words that Paul talked about, faith, hope, and love. And so um, faith is what sets this whole thing possible, which is trust, that Jesus is in this with me. He's going to use all this for good, that we can co-create. We can move from where I'm at. There is a new future ahead, but you've got to grow into it okay and then second when I start to feel that that faith that gives me hope that hey I, I don't have to stay where I am at that I can there is a new possibility that there, there's Christ is going to grow in me and I'm going to be more complete I'm going to be a better man and not, personally nothing motivates me more than the opportunity for growth in the face of adversity and then last is that when that growth is taking place and then faith and hope are at work what do i grow into love love and what does paul say And the greatest of all these is what love and i will love better and and i think that that's what the world i know it sounds like an old song what the world needs most is love but it is it's true if you look at the state of the of our human condition around the world, what do we need more than anything is love. And it starts, it can start today with our listeners, that this would motivate you to believe that whatever you're facing, and, and let me tell you, some of us sitting at this table here today, we're facing tough stuff too. And we are truly believing uh, that Christ is going to use us for good, we're going to grow, and, um, and we are going to be better at love. And that is what gives us hope.
0: Well, Scott, that's well said. I think that's a, a great place to end. Despair is the spiritual disease that tomorrow will just be a repeat of today. But living... Speaking to the creativity that you just spoke about, tomorrow has all these possibilities of new creation. So that's what we want to point people to. Um, And uh, hope is is a renewable energy. And I learned this from Krista Tibbetts, so I want to just close our podcast with this. Hope is like every virtue. It is a choice that becomes a practice that becomes a spiritual muscle memory. So we got to practice it. And that's what Restore Small Groups is here to help you. If you need some practice in that, please reach out to to Restore. But this hope that we're talking about, it's a renewable resource. It's a renewable energy. So if you think you're depleted of any hope or all hope, um, would you please hear today that hope is renewable and it could be replenished. And it's renewable and it's a resource for moving through life as it is not avoiding it not turning to some thing that numbs it but it's accepting it exactly as it is not as we wish it to be and what we discover in the midst of that that we are more than we could have ever imagined that there is something that's growing in us that is making us more beautiful more of what we were made to be and not only will you become aware of it, but others around you will too. So, if we could help, uh, please visit us online at restoresmallgroups.org to learn more about online and in-person groups that you can participate in. But until we meet back here again, take care, friends. Sing a little song. Yeah. yeah what's that <laughs> little song? All, you All you need, need is, is a yes. <laughs> uh, yeah Uh, yeah, i don't think so (laughs) at least not me leaving it (laughs) uh anna maybe definitely scott definitely not no
1: this girl don't sing
0: all right